that piece of no, like I did produce some things that I was not proud of, that I had to look back on and we were going so fast and rushing so fast that I was like, hold on. And when I had a minute to like, look back on what I was doing and I asked the Lord, like, um, and a good friend of mine, um, again, I don't know if she got it, who she got it from, but my friend, uh, Gabriella Odom from Waco, uh, told me, she said, you know, I never want to be entertained by the things that Jesus died for. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can, a light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it. Be it. Love people. Be kind. Honor them. Honor yourself. This is made to shine. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Made to Shine. You are in for a treat today. If you've seen all the social, all the stuff I've been putting out before this launch of this episode, we have the beautiful, amazing, and talented Carly Dill with on today or with us on today. You guys, I'm so stoked. She is 21 years old. She's a baby and she's done so stinking much. And she lives in Los Angeles. She's from Waco, Texas, and she's a film producer, founder of Zeal Studios. And what I think strikes me so much about you, Carly, and why I really wanted you on Made to Shine is your faith. What I noticed about you is you're someone that puts your faith in everything that you do, you know, and, and you just talk just how much on your social about how much you love the Lord, how much you believe we all have a purpose. We're all made to shine a light in dark places. And that's what we're here to do at Made to Shine. It's to remind people of that. And specifically this notion that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you have a ministry. I don't care if or not. It's like your ministry is how you live your life. Mm. It's it's how you go to your your teaching job, how you go to your marketing job, how you go to your relationship outside of church. It's it's outside of the church walls how you live your life. And you do mm. that. And I see that all that you do with your relationships, your friendships, what you're doing with mm. zeal. And so I'm so excited today to just talk you to dive in more mm. and to really get a good feel for the value we can bring our listeners mm. on on how they replicate that. So thanks for being that's honest. you're too kind. That was too kind, but that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well so excited to have you on and we have to kick this conversation off with the way I kick off every single made to shine conversation, which is what is your favorite quote and why? Well, okay, that is like so hard for me because obviously, like I will, I will try and do something that is um, less cliche than um, a Bible verse. I think the Bible, but go read the Bible because that is where the best quotes come from. But um, something that my pastor from back home told me a long time ago, and he might not have been the originator of this quote, but he might have been. Uh, I went to Harris Creek in Waco, Texas, and Jonathan Pluto always said. 
that faithfulness isn't based on the outcome of things. And so I was always encouraged that, um, you know, when you're faithful in life, it's not based on, you know, the number of views or the number of people that get saved or the number of, it's not based on numbers or analytics, but it's based on, you know, it could, you look at Job and it could go all wrong, but that doesn't mean you were unfaithful. And so I think that faithfulness is just based on like you following the Lord, not on an outcome. And that always resonated with me. So. Oh, I received that. That is a word because, and I once heard my pastor say from Elevation Church, mm-hmm. like very similarly, um, our job isn't outcome, it's obedience. Yeah, it's and just as you were, just as you were mentioning, and I think that goes to just the fact, I think people are so quick to judge their situation mm-hmm. as good or bad, you know, and the outcome is good or bad. And it's like, God is redeeming it all mm-hmm. for good. Your job is just to stick to the process. Yeah, it's good. And, um, and you've obviously done that in your life with what you're mm-hmm. doing, what you're building, what you're creating. But I have a speculation you didn't come out of the womb just ready to conquer the world with all these ideas and it didn't go easy peasy little squeezy so talk to me carly like you do social media management you do photography you do production i mean what is kind of the story what are the important pieces of your story growing up to give our listeners some context Mm -hmm. as to the woman i'm talking to yeah so i am just a random girl from i was born and raised in austin and waco i went to baylor university for a couple years um I was not, I always said I'm not creative. I was not like the girl that came out and it was like, I want to make movies or I want to do this or I draw. I couldn't draw to save my life. I couldn't sing to save my life. I couldn't do, I had no like talent per se. And um, if you had asked me what I wanted to be 10 years ago, I would have told you the president of the United States, a lawyer, an astronaut. Like I would have told you, you know, something in politics or just something completely different than what I'm doing right now. Um, I was not a believer. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, parents got divorced at a very young age. Um, I'm actually adopted. So like parents adopted me and then parents were divorced. And so it just like, it was like a very interesting life upbringing. Um, and I actually got my faith. I came to faith as a senior in high school and it just, I mean, it literally just changed everything for me. Um, I got out of a long-term relationship and the day my boyfriend broke up with me, um, is the day I became a believer. So um, he broke up with me to follow Jesus. Um, he found Jesus at Baylor, and I was like, who could you love more than me? And I realized that I fell in love with the same guy he did, and uh, that guy was Jesus. So um, I, like, went into college at Baylor, and I thought, still, like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be the president. I knew sign language. I was like, maybe I'll do sign language. I, don't, I, I didn't know what I was going to do yet, but something big, something important. And I went to Baylor and my first day of college, I cried and I just said, Lord, I feel like you're calling me to ministry. I just feel, and I had barely been saved. I had been saved like one, like couple months, like maybe like one to three months, like so new. And this was like a little 17 year old girl trying to figure out her life. And I changed my major and became a religion major. And from that day, I thought I was going to work at a church. I was like, I'm going to work at the church. Like that's for sure what's going to happen. Um, I found a church at Baylor, got in community group, like found someone to disciple me and like, just like dove headfirst into like following my faith. But like, I, I had every belief that I was going to be like, not a pastor, but like be in the church in some capacity, maybe youth, maybe, uh, maybe kids. I wasn't sure. And then long story short, when the pandemic hit, everything changed. It was like the pandemic hit and the need at the church was video. It was like, we don't have a way to minister. I was in the youth ministry at the time and they were like, we don't have a way 
to teach the students because they're at home and we need somebody to edit videos of us talking about like like doing our weekly uh youth group and I was like I'll edit video I don't know how but like I'm not doing it it was COVID nobody was doing anything so I was like I can do it like I'll figure it out and one thing led to another and that was just the beginning of what turned into me finding this whole world of like what being creative looks like and that it doesn't have to look like I thought it did and thought I was going to finish at Baylor and go work in media at a church. And again, I was full time believing like I was going to do church ministry. Like that was what I was made for. Um, and I, as much as I love church ministry, I think there is a place for it. I quickly learned that um, I ended up going to California for an internship at Saddleback Church. Again, thinking, hey, I'm going to work in the church. But hey, I just like wanted to get out of Waco. I'd been there for a couple of years since the pandemic. So in 2021, I moved. And I, you know, thought like, let me go do a media internship. This is, you know, maybe they'll give me a job when I get out of college, like, you know, Saddleback, Rick Warren, big church in Southern California. Um, and that summer, the Lord just opened my eyes. I had never been in a place where, I mean, I loved my life. For context, to back up, I, I loved the life I had. I had the best church, school, life, sorority, friends, roommates, the whole thing. It was a dream. I was Baylor poster girl. So like me not going to Baylor was not even an option. And I ended up moving to California for the summer, like ready to come back. And the Lord just 180'd my entire life. I was still, you know, following my faith, but he just showed me a need for Jesus here in California. That there was just an undeniable difference of like, hey, this place needs the Lord and like needs believers. And that was just something. And they, they don't need me, but I was like, you know, in Waco, everyone, not everyone's saved, but you know, there were so many faithful people. That I was like, man, am I being the most faithful staying here? Like, I just, I just don't know, you know, not to say I couldn't, but I was like, am I really? And so that summer I talked to my community and by the end of the summer, um, with lots of counsel and lots of people who came to me and were like, I, we really like all my community, my mom, my family, my friends, my life group being like, we really think you moving to California is like, what's next for you? And that just, like, that was the start of the rest of my life, really. It felt like. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. To me, so many things stick out about that. But what I want you to talk about specifically is throughout your journey, it was so clear that, like, you heard from mm. God. You felt those things. I mean, when you fell in love with him from that, like, initial, like, fall in love with mm. the Lord to then continuing to hear him. Mm. What does it feel like for you mm. to hear from God? Mm. How do you know it's him? Yeah. Um, I think like when you look and I love the verse, it's like, you know, the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. And um, I am not somebody who it's not a cloud in the sky. It's not an audible voice necessarily. Um, but to me, I, I love people a lot. The friends in my life are very much like family. So I'm very particular about who I let speak into my life and for me, I, I get this sense and then I, I always check with like three of my closest friends and I, I kind of have like um, a couple of those people, they've changed, but uh, two of them have really stayed the same. And then that third one, you know, kind of depends on what season I'm in. Um, and I really trust the people in my life. And I believe they know me better than I know myself, you know, because they're outside of me. And uh, when I get confirmation from, you know, two out of three of those people and I have a feeling, you know, 
I'm pretty much like, this is something I, I feel led to do. But I'm also a really big proponent that um, me moving to California is the best example of this. I did not, God didn't like write in the clouds, Carly, move to California. Like that was not in the clouds. I felt like I had a, a choice. I felt like sin wasn't involved. I had the option. I could have stayed at Baylor. I could have stayed at Baylor and been faithful and gone back there and done that. And that, and you know, the Lord would have used it and had a plan for me. Um, or I felt peace that I had the option that I had this other door that I could walk through. Um, I had a front door and a back door and they were both right. They were both going to get me to the car, but it was like, which way do you want to go? It's up to you. And I just made the decision that I just see this door and I just think that's the road I'm going to take. And now seeing where I am, I can't, I, I can't imagine not having stepped through it, but I know the Lord would have been faithful, either like that faithfulness not being based on the outcome. It's like, no matter what happened, you know, I really had a decision and we, I had a choice and I just picked and the Lord's been faithful. So that is so, that's so amazing. I, to echo everything you're saying, I do believe like God gives us inklings and mm. then he uses our community to affirm mm. those inklings. And I even had a situation like that today mm. where there's been something I've been praying about and someone said it. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. I've been thinking about this for days. And um, don't you love moments like that? Mm. But, you know, I I love to put it as sometimes you go, you have to move on a maybe. Mm. Like, maybe this is what God wants me to do. I don't know. But I know I, pulled, I feel pulled towards this thing. And that's always my litmus test is mm. do I feel pulled toward this thing or do I feel like someone's pushing mm. me into this? Yeah, that's this good. Thing? If I feel pushed, I know it's not because that's not peace. Yeah. I don't feel peace yeah. about it. Um, and I just think about what for you, because I mean, it's one thing to dream dreams. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to write real studios on a notebook and write it down for days and think, mm -hmm. you know, manifest it and mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's another thing to actually execute mm -hmm. on building it. And I feel just from talking to my network, that's where a lot of people are. Like they feel like God called them to do something. Mm. They feel like God called them to be a wife, um, uh, to be a mom, to build a business, to run a store, but they don't act on mm. it. They don't move towards it. What do you think was the difference for you in dreaming this up and then actually doing it, like mm. acting on it? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I meet a ton of people who have these big dreams, you know, and are like, oh, one day, like one day when I, when X, Y, and Z happens, like I'll do that thing. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, um, from like a very young age, I've always just like had been like very ambitious and enjoyed accomplishing things, but, and, and moving the ball forward. But I think really it's who you surround yourself with. Like, I just mean that. I mean, you are, uh, people say it best, like you are your five closest friends, you know, and who you're around in like directly shapes you. And I saw a podcast that said, if you work next to somebody at a job, who is better than you, You your work actually improves by like 60%. And if you work next to someone who's worse than you, your work actually decreases 30%. And it's not it's not about, or it might even be flipped, it might be 60, it might be 30% and 60%, like you decrease dramatically. And so who you're around directly impacts. And so I have been so fortunate. And the reason I knew moving here was the right thing was the Lord just has blessed me with the most, um, and I know we all have good friends and maybe I'm biased, but my friends are phenomenal. They are Jesus loving people with big dreams who 
have moved from all parts of the country and we all ended up here and we are all on mission for Jesus, but we're all building so many different things and watching them do it made me feel like, no, it's totally possible. And moving to California, I had, I don't, we don't even get into it, but I had a year that was really hard and it was like, it wasn't the right decision. I don't know. But then like, I started praying and asking the Lord, like, God, like, if this is actually what you have, like, I was like, do I move home? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this was the right decision. Um, Cause like I said, faithful wasn't based on the outcome. It wasn't a great outcome at first. I was having a really hard time. And the Lord just answered that prayer so intentionally. And I prayed, I was like, God, I need people. Like, if you want me to stay here, like I didn't, I was had such a hard time finding a church and community. I said, I need community like yesterday. So like, I need you to provide right now. And I'm giving you this last semester. It was like, I'd been there six months. I said, I'll give you six more. And depending on where we're at. And I mean, within a week, like I had met, I went to this one event, met my now best friend, um, her name's Jay, met her, met the entire friend group. Um, that's the day I actually met my now boyfriend and then all of his roommates. And the just like, just like the Lord was just so quick to answer that prayer that to answer your question, like who you're around deeply impacts you. And I would not be doing anything productive <laughs> towards my dreams if I didn't have people before me pushing me because they've already done it, you know? So yeah. So. so good. And I think that one of the reasons I love that you articulated it that way is because I think, you know, people in their young 20s, like you and myself are in, it's friendships a lot of times are quantified by, do you have my back? Mm. Do we hang mm. out a lot? Can we have fun? But it should also be, do you make me yeah, better? Yeah. Do you push me? Do you challenge me? And sometimes that's, they are doing more than yeah. you. And it might be uncomfortable for mm. you, but it will make you mm. better. And I do want to go back to something you said about, you know, that year of you weren't sure yeah. if you made the right decision, because I don't think that's talked about yeah, enough, how when you walk in faith mm. and you say, God, I think I heard you, I'm going to do this mm. thing. Sometimes you go through a season of crap. Did I make the right decision? Yeah. Like, I mean, whether it's for you moving across the country, I know in my personal experience, sometimes it's been with like relationships. Mm. It's like, I felt God saying, it's time to leave this. And I did. And I was like, crap, did I make yeah. the wrong decision? Yeah. And I think people believe this false pretense that it's this linear yeah. progression. You're going to answer God. Everything's going to be great. So Carly, what did you do in that season mm. to going to sustain I know you said mm. you asked for it but I also it, it sounded like you didn't just ask but you expected yeah it. how did you have the faith to expect mm. I think I think it was that moment like like what we talked about it's you know I have never seen like obviously there's been seasons like that year where I felt lonely and wasn't sure but I've never, there's never been a moment that God left me high and dry, you know, like his track record is perfect. And so there had never been a time when I was like, God's not going to come through this time. Like, you know, like remember, remember last summer when he didn't show up that one time, like, man, I hope it's not, no, like it's never, you know, that's never happened. Not, and, and, you know, maybe there's been a season where I, you know, I haven't been as close to him or didn't hear him as clearly but never has he let me down or led me astray. And so I just had, I just knew I was like, God. And, and I also knew I had come, this is what I don't think this talks about enough is people always are like, well, what if, what if I move or what if I take that job and it's horrible? Then you move home with your parents and you fit, like you figure it out again. 
serving job and you work at a restaurant for a year and you it's it's one percent of your life and you then get up you know what you do what you have to do you know some people don't have a home degree that's fine you get a serving job and you get a really crappy apartment and you make it and you get some roommates and you make like you know it's like you know you find a way to make it work you are not going to end up on the street if you don't want to like it's really low it is a really low chance that you really are okay um and that you have no one to help you so that's always my advice is like the Lord is going to show you where you need to go if you let him, if you like allow him to lead you. But also if, if that, you know, that outcome is not what you thought it would be, you, you know, you go back to the drawing board and you say, God, maybe, maybe, you know, this was to train me. What do you have for me next? Is it here? Do I go somewhere else? You know, when you go back, I had a friend, one of the most faithful believers I knew in high school, the only believer I knew in high school um, was a huge part of me, like getting into community right when I got saved. And she moved to LA a year before me. And she, again, most faithful believer, greatest girl ever, good friend of mine now. And she had not a great experience. You know, she was super lonely. She couldn't find community. It wasn't for her. She moved back to Texas. She got, she got a boyfriend. She's getting married, you know, all is well in the world. It's like that, you know, her moving here wasn't wrong. It just, you know, it's like, hey, God was kind of like, maybe that wasn't it. Let's, you know, let's reevaluate and let's figure it out, you know? So that's, that's oh me. yeah, gosh. that is, it's so true. I think going back to our job is not outcome. Yeah. What you initially yeah. said, our job is not outcome. We've yeah. got to break up with outcome, let it go. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite uh, kind of self-development teachers, Brennan Bouchard says, people don't understand. We're so afraid of making the wrong decision. Yeah. And I think we do this in faith. It's like, I don't want to make a decision. God doesn't want me to yeah. make. It's like, he redeems everything. Yeah, it's good. He redeems it it's all. Good. And no matter what you do, whether it's the wrong decision or the right decision, remember, our job is not even to judge the outcome. Mm. So God decides what's right and what's wrong. What we see is really crappy situation. God could be like, there is my layup. Here yeah, comes yeah. the dunk. You never know. Yeah. Um, but to that being said, like, regardless, the next step is always the same. Mm. Whether the wrong decision or the right decision, the next step is to show up as your best mm. self. And that means like honoring God, honoring mm. the one who defines the mm. outcome. That doesn't change. Um, and so I just think that's so good. And when we think about what you're doing in your work at Zeal, everything else, how do you bring your faith to your work? Mm. I feel like faith, a lot of people leave it at church. Mm. They leave it on Sunday. It's like a Sunday morning faith, not a Monday mm, morning yeah. faith. And they don't bring it to the corporate world. Yeah. They don't bring it. You, you can't talk about yeah. that. So how do you do that? And have you ever experienced kind of any backlash for how you do that? Yeah. Um, it's such a good question. I think, you know, I, yeah, being from the South, it's like, I didn't have a ton of, and I didn't have a ton of training on this. And even the people that did talk about it, they're amazing people, but a lot of them have been in the church for a long time and the world has changed. Okay. The world is very, uh, 2023, uh, Los Angeles is not the same as a 2002, you know, Austin, Texas. This was, it's just a different, we live in a different world. Um, it, it was hard. So when I moved to LA, the Lord was so kind. I was in, I was here for a year, had a hard year, moved um, like 50 miles north, closer to LA. I was like in Orange County, but it was in California. It was like, this is a new start. I was ready to wait tables, was ready to do the whole thing. The Lord provided, it's a crazy God story, but ended up getting a full-time job at a, a really large YouTube channel. And uh, we started really small. We've, we've grown. Uh, the I've seen the channel nearly double in size. 
millions of subscribers. I, I've personally produced like 100 million views of content at that channel and just seen it explode. And then this was right. I just moved out of that job, but ended super well. But it was hard because I was one of like two believers really there, two or three. And people, some other people figuring it out, figuring out their faith. But, um, and it was one of those things that I had, a, I realized, and again, this is something I wrestled with all year. It's one of the reasons I left. Again, they, we ended on great terms. They know this. It's like, there was some content that I just, I didn't feel comfortable producing anymore. And and I'm also not, I'm not earlier than now. I'm not here to say, I never produced a bad music. No, like I did produce some things that I was not proud of, that I had to look back on and we were going so fast and rushing so fast that I was like, hold on. And when I had a minute to like, look back on what I was doing and I asked the Lord, like, um, and a good friend of mine, um, again, I don't know if she got it, who she got it from, but my friend, uh, Gabriella Odom from Waco, uh, told me, she said, you know, I never want to be entertained by the things that Jesus died for. And I was like, wow, like that is so good. And I, for the first time was like, I am enabling entertainment for what my savior dies for. And I will no longer do that. I, I can't, and you don't even realize sometimes in those moments that you're doing it, you just don't know it. And it's the little things. It wasn't like I was out there making, you know, really bad, you know, adult. No, it was like the little things. It was like, oh, we kind of broke the law to make, you know, that prank video. Like, are we sure? Like, you know, and it's like, it's the little moments that it's like, this might not be on the surface, like wrong, but how we got there, I just could not believe it. I felt wrong. And some of the content itself was like, I don't think I'd show that to someone. I don't think I can encourage somebody to watch that. So I was like, you know what? I just don't think. And so my, my the answer to that is, I think you have to be willing to give up everything. I think, you know, the Lord rewards us in um, our faithfulness. And again, it's not based on the outcome, but I do believe that he sees our faithfulness and um, I think we have to be willing to give up everything if it means our job and it means our house and it means our income and it means all of these things if he's not being honored because I I wanted to stay there. Like I, they, they were my best friends, some of the closest people in my life that I still deeply love and care about. And will, they will like, they're people that will sit at my wedding, you know, be in my life forever. But it's like, this is not faithful of me. And that is a hard realization to have. And I think we have to ask ourselves, like, are are you compromising for your benefit, you know? And at, at that point, we have to make a decision that, like, and the Lord didn't say, like, you need to quit your job. But it, again, it was that confirmation of, like, the people in my life and me feeling convicted. All these things were like, I think I know this is the right decision. Um, and I, I really just, I just made that. I think we have to, and a lot of people will talk about it, but it's like, you have to be willing to make that decision. Um, but I also will say it's a lot easier said than done. There's a lot of people who are not, you know, in a financial position to do that. And I would say, again, it's being humble enough to say, I will, I will wait tables before I will entertain myself with what Jesus died for. I will, you know, do anything else, anything to put food on the table before I'll, and, and, you know, and I also think the Lord is, I think the Lord fears, and I, I have already seen the Lord's faithfulness in my transition. And I feel confident that the Lord will provide for the people in that position too. So, yeah. 
I, amen, <laughs> amen. It, it's you've got to know your boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to know. And, and I always say too, it's like, you know, yeah. you know when you're doing yeah. something that, because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. It doesn't, it stays with you. If you're having to ask yourself more than twice is what I'm doing the right yeah. thing, then it's yeah. not. Because I look back at every quote unquote right, if that's mm. even the right adjective for that right thing. Yeah, yeah on a line in alignment thing mm -hmm. I've done in my life for what it's worth. And I, I never had to ask myself the question, is this mm. right? I knew that this was right. And so why do we feel like we get to ask ourselves the question when it's wrong a thousand times before we obey? And, you know, I think like looking in my own life, holding the different roles that I've mm. had, it's, it's being willing to be different. Yeah. And I always tell people like, Cause, cause I also like, I do this, I write books, I hold yeah. a tech sales job and it's like going into the office doing ministry looks like not slapping someone's head with a Bible yes. and screaming scripture at them. No, it looks like being so kind yeah. and loving and forgiving in an environment mm. that is anything but yeah. that people are confused yeah. by you. and they want to know what does Carly know? Mm. What does Annie know? Mm. It's it's having this unexplainable peace. Mm. And then also standing firm in your boundaries. Mm. Like I've been asked to go to events and do things for yeah. things like that I've had to say yeah. no to because of my morals yeah. and my standards. And was there probably gossip about it? Yeah. Sure. Did it earn the yeah. highest speed at the lunch table? No. Yeah. But you have to, you know, mm. it's it's like, am I in this or am I not? Yeah. Because you either, you know, like Jesus said, like at the end, he'll say like, oh, get away from me. I never knew yeah. you. It's like knowing him as a relationship. Mm -hmm. Are you in this relationship or are you not? Mm -hmm. So I love yeah, that. And so I love good. everything you said about mm -hmm. that. And I think it's so pressing for, especially young women as they embark in their careers. Yeah. And I think it's so important to remember. It's like, it's how you live your life. It's standing firm in your boundaries and not apologizing yeah. for it. Um, yeah. I'm curious, you don't strike me as someone that has these tendencies, but were you ever a people pleaser? Did oh, you ever yeah. struggle with oh, that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I think we struggle with this all the time. Like I, especially in LA, it's very like who, you know, gets you a lot of places and where, you know, what room you're in can really change your, change your life. Like it really can. But you, and what I was going to say is it's not even knowing your boundaries, but you have to set the, I learned because I didn't do this well. And I had to set my boundaries when I was already in it, but you have to set your boundaries before you're in it so that, you know, it's like in a relationship, it's like in dating, right? It's like, you have to already know what's across the line. So when you get to the line, you're like, Oh, I already know. And I didn't really realize I needed to do that. Um, cause I had never been exposed to it. And I did not realize I needed to do that in my workplace. And so I got over the line. And, and again, I'm like you, we know, but there's also a moment if you're going, sometimes you're so deep in it, you're like, you don't even realize how deep you're in it. And you're like, okay, wait, I went over, I crossed this boundary and I didn't realize it. And now I have to like overcompensate on the back end because if that makes sense. So I think it's knowing before. Yeah. I could not agree yeah. more. It's like, if you don't set your boundaries, someone else is yes. going to set them for yes. you. And they're not going to be intentional. Yeah. They're not going to be aligned with what God mm -hmm. told you. I also love the analogy of like, when you go hiking or you go into the woods, you look at the map before you go. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's like, you don't just go in like, okay, we're going to figure this unless you're Bear grills and yeah. you can see maps in the ground with the dirt or something. But for regular people, like you look at your GPS before you go mm. in. And I love that analogy because it's not about living life perfectly and staying on the trail all the time. It's about knowing your markers. Yeah. So when you get off course, you're like, oh, wait, I'm off course. I need to get yeah. back. And I know where to get back yeah. to. It's a lot harder to do that when you haven't identified those yeah. markers because you could be off course. Yeah, exactly. And not so good. Um, so I love that. And I really, I know you're passionate about talking about this and I want to make sure we have time to talk about being a Christian woman, mm -hmm. running a business and being in a relationship yeah, it's because it's so funny, um, which is another reason why I wanted you on. I recently did a lot of like polls for my audience as to what they want to talk about and relationships is top of mind and and something uh, multiple women and I myself struggled with in the past was how you can feel confident as a woman mm -hmm. in Christ business, but also have like a super successful relationship mm -hmm. because I think sometimes people think I can either be really great as a woman, as a wife, as mm -hmm. a girlfriend, or I could be focused on my career mm -hmm. and crushing it. So how do you do both? Is it possible? Oh my gosh. I'm just like, if you're not able to do both, you need to really, like, really just like, just like reevaluate everything because I, again, being from the South, like I remember I always thought I had to work in a church or be a nurse to get a husband. And I love you guys. I could not do anything without my nurses and my church. Those people, I love you guys. But like, I really believed. I was like, if I am not in ministry or a nurse, there is no shot. I get married. There's just like no shot. And I, if you would ask me, and again, so I'm, I'm dating Teddy right now. He's amazing. We are like, we're like six months into dating. So we're still figuring it out. But like, he is somebody I never would have thought like, oh, I hadn't date, dated seriously really at all when I was at in Waco. I like would have, but I just, it was never, I never found that person. Yeah. I was very, you know, have these big dreams, but you like want to do this. And I was like, I just don't know like if our lives are going to align. And I never, I really, I really didn't know. I, I wrestled with like, am I called to singleness? Like, am I like, I don't know. Like, I just thought that was my own, like you said, my only option I had to pick. Um, you can have both. Like, I'm so passionate to tell women that guys, like you can follow your dreams and they don't have to be your partner's dreams. They don't have to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. And this goes for guys too. Like, you know, but also like you can also be a faithful girlfriend and wife and mom. Like I, the way I describe it is I want to, you know, build a company. I want to make a blockbuster movie. I want to maybe still work in politics. I want to go to space. Like these are the dreams that I have. But if the Lord asked me to, and I, again, I think I'm going to have both. I feel very confident. But if the Lord said, hey, Carly, um, I need you to stop and pause that because I need you to be a good mom right now. I would give it all up. It, it goes back to that idea that you have to be willing to sacrifice it all. So like, if the Lord says like, you know, Hey, for, or, you know, if you feel like, Hey, right now I need to do, be here right now, that doesn't mean your dreams go away, but like, you have to be willing like, if you know, your kid gets cancer, you got to be ready to do that. You know, like that's something that you have to be willing to say, Hey, I'm still willing to give up everything for, you know, my, my family, but 
like nine times out of 10, you can have both. And I, I'm a firm believer. My boyfriend is amazing. He is so successful, so talented. He travels all over the world as a videographer, editor. He's edited for some of the biggest people. But he, like, when, I remember when I left my job just a couple weeks ago, he told me, he was like, I am so proud of you. Like, I believe in what you're, yeah, he was my biggest support. Like, he was my biggest fan. He still is, but he is, like, the person, like, next to my mom. Like, he's the person who's like, you're going to do amazing. Like, I'm so excited for you. Um, He flew back to see me, like, my first day of freelance. It's all things, and it's like, you know, your person, Um, somebody told me this, like, your person either makes you, like, either gives you, you go from 100% to 200%, or you go from 100 to 50. And, you know, that's like in friendships too, like our whole community, he has the best roommates. He is the best friends. I have the best roommates and the best friends and like our communities together have just shown me what's possible. Like I know I am going to be more successful having him in my life. And that's, I, I can almost promise you he will be more successful having me in his life. And I don't say that pridefully. I say that in a, it is a like thing that we do together. Um, And I just don't believe that women have to choose. I believe that you can and are called. Every woman has a purpose. Being a wife and a mom, if that's a desire, that is a deep desire, a deep, deep deep desire of my heart. But it is not the only desire of my heart. And so the Lord has given me those other desires that I believe we all have. Um, There's totally some of us who are called to be single moms, like totally. Um, and that is awesome, but I don't think most of us are, uh, and the same way I don't believe most of us are called to work at a church. I think most of us are called to be in the world and to be a light in the world, um, because that's where 99% of non-believers are, you know? So that's my hot take. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. Give me all the hot takes. I love that because it's so true. It's like, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And to kind of reiterate what you were saying as to how, you know, you're going to go through seasons of life where maybe God is calling you to focus on one more than the other. Someone once asked me the question, like, is there such thing as work-life balance? And I was like, no, there's not such thing as that. It's work-life flow. It's work-life harmony. Like there's some days you're going to crush your job. There's other days you're going to spend hours with your butt at the beach in the sand. And, and, you know, you need it all. But it's the same thing with relationships. Like there are some seasons you're going to be really career focused. And then there's other seasons you might have four kids under four years old. Like my mom did. And she like was running wild. I think maybe, and this is me spitballing here. I think maybe the reason people ask that is because we assign relationship, romantic mm. relationships in our society and mm. money in our society, the role of God. Mm. And so you can't, there's only one God. And when you look at, you know, other things as playing the role of God in your life, mm. yeah, you can't yeah. have more than one God. So you will start thinking, wait, I can either make a lot of money or serve the God that is a romantic relationship, but I can't serve both gods. And when you realize you get to serve the God that's over all of it, it, he gives all of it. And when I had that recognition, because remember I struggled with this for the longest time. And when you understand, like when God calls you to something, he sustains Mm -hmm. you in that call. So if he sustains you to be a wife, he's going to give you what you need to do that as you build your business, as you make it. 
And what you were saying about like with your boyfriend being a partner that makes you better. I mean, heck yeah. It's two whole people in Christ coming together mm -hmm. to make a bigger impact yeah. for him and the individuals. And I just think that's so amazing. So question for you on, this is just something that's come up time and time again. When you were in the process of like, before you, what's your word? Duncan. 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 Before you met Duncan, I feel like a lot of women are confused on the messages of this world. Mm. One says it will happen when you're least expecting mm. it. The other says, if you want it to happen, you have to intentionally seek a good Christian mm. man. What do you think on that? What's your story? I mean, I don't know if there's an answer here, but I mean, that's a very common question I'm, I'm getting. I have an answer. I don't, I think uh, I give Duncan so, I give him a hard time because he knows. So Duncan has, I was his first girlfriend, like never dated anybody. He's like older, a little bit older than me. Um, he has the best family. He just, you know, had never really been interested. He just had never, he had been fully, whole his whole life. He's never like looking for any relationship necessarily but always like new like maybe I always give him a hard time because I like our story is a little interesting because I had to push a little harder in the beginning um but I I again my pastor taught me about this and I I really I'm really like I land on both ends of the spectrum my opinion is that one like above everything if you desire marriage or to be a wife um people have said this a lot but it is actually so true that like you need to be the person that if you have a high standard you have to ask yourself like does somebody of that standard like really want to date me you know um and it was interesting like uh I actually met Duncan like kind of like in the middle of my really hard season and so like at the time you know I would I was a Christian I was being really faithful but I was really in like kind of a rut and so I was like you know I was like also like figuring out where my theology was at I was just in a very interesting time of life so and he really has kind of like had his stuff together like since he's been in LA and so it was interesting. I like kind of had a crush on him from the beginning. Um, and he wasn't not interested in me, but I think he just didn't like think not that I was good enough, but it was just, I was in a tough spot. So he was kind of seeing this like interesting. I didn't really know who I was yet. I was figuring it out. I just moved to LA or just moved to California, like six months in having a really hard time. So he kind of caught me in my, like, I don't know what I'm doing either. And he didn't tell me this. We've talked about it later. But um, over time, like, I really, again, got into community, found, like, really, like, nailed down my theology, figured out my relationship with the Lord. And at that point, I was, I was like, God, here's where I'm at. I really desire a husband, and I really want to be a wife. And you can ask my best friend. I did not want that for a while. I was like, I, don't, I like being single. It's the best. But then, like, I prayed and was like, God, if this is a desire you have for me, like, put it on my heart. And like, I really deeply felt that desire shift. And so I was like, you know what, Lord, like I'm going to be open. Like if a guy asks, I also believe girls, if a guy asks you on a date and he knows Jesus, you you should say yes. I just, I just. Okay. I love you said that. I agree with that to too. Yes. Ladies, you're, my rule is if a guy has the balls, I'm going to say that. If yes, a guy has the literally. balls to ask you out, say yes. Say yes. Just to one. One, one coffee. You just you one. never know. You never yeah. know. You never know. Yeah. And if he if he doesn't know Jesus, it doesn't count. You can be like, hey man, I'm looking for something else. But really, if a believer, no matter what he looks like, 
no matter what he might be, what his hobbies are, say yes. So that's how I land. So I had always said, you know, if a guy asks me out and he loves the Lord, I will say yes. I will always, that's how I've been. So I knew that going into like last year and it was really this time last year. It's been almost a year. And I really started praying in June. I was like, you know what, Lord, I think Duncan's like the godliest guy. I know my, my husband, JP too, is like, who is the godliest girl or the godliest guy, you know, and why, why aren't you dating him? If they're single, like if it, who is the most godly guy or girl, you know, that's single and why aren't we willing to date them? Like, is it a selfish reason? Like, are you like, is it a, like, I'm not attracted to them. Well, really like if they're the godliest person, you know, in your life, why are you not willing to at least explore it? You know, that just doesn't make sense. And so like, you're, you're obviously not attracted to what God's attracted to. So I like asked myself, I was, okay, God, like, um, like Duncan is like one of the godliest guys I know. I'm just going to pray. So I took the summer. I was like, we actually got a coffee. I asked him to coffee. I asked him to coffee. And he would tell you now he was nervous. Like he was nervous. So we got four hour coffee. So I was like, maybe he'll ask me on a date. He didn't ask me on a date. And so he didn't ask me on a date. And it's a long story. There's so many things, but pretty much at the end of the summer, I went to him. We spent a lot of time together, like just in groups. And that was the only time we hung out one-on-one, like only groups, nothing ever happened. And I went to him right before he was about to leave for like a month for a trip. And I said, we went on a walk. I was so nervous. I was like, hey, I, this is like what I would urge girls to do is, hey, girls, if you, there's a guy that is actually like the godliest guy you know, and you like think like it's worth it. Like I walked with him and I said, you love the Lord and you love movies and you have a great family. And I would love to get to know you. Like, I would love to learn more about you if you're interested in that. But if you're not, that's okay. Because I also didn't, I also think, like, women, the two things I tell women is, one, you have to know what you're looking for. So, like, I knew that I was looking for someone that loves the Lord, that was, like, somewhat creative and really optimistic, you know, had the same dreams and really, like, driven and, like, had the same goals as I did. And I saw all of those things. And there's a couple other things, but, like, saw all of those things in Duncan. And I said, you know what? He's, like... He is the closest thing to what I'm looking for that I've found so far. So I'm going to double down, you know? And if he turned me down, it was like, great, I can move on. Either either he says, can I take you on a date? Or he says, hey, Carly, you're you're awesome, but I'm, I just only see you as a friend. That's a win because now you get to go and have more opportunity to find whoever that other person is. And you don't just wait and wait and wait. And eventually he came around and he asked me on a date and he took me out and he asked me to be, and he, and he really came around and it worked out, um, but it took time. And so what I tell everyone is like, you have to know what you're looking for though, or how would you know if you found it? You know, how will you know if like, uh, like, you know, and there's a lot of guys that could be like Duncan, like he's not the only one, right? Like there's, he's not the only person on the planet I could date. But there's, you know, few of them. And I was like, he's really what I'm looking for. So I'm going to put my time and effort into this person. And when other people came around, I was like, okay, like, you're not bad. Like, you're a great guy. But, like, you're not what I'm looking for. So, anyway. And nobody else asked me no, out. Good. So I would have so said yes. But nobody else asked me out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just cracking up. But I think it, what I'm hearing is there's so many parallels in your advice when it comes to relationship advice and what we talked about with work and going after your dreams yeah. and faith. Like just how you 
detach from outcome. Yeah. I mean, you asked, you didn't know what Duncan was going to say. You didn't know how Zeal Studios was going to go yeah, when you started yeah. streamed it up. You didn't know what moving to LA was going to be like, but you detached from outcome and you walked in mm. faith. You walked in faith. You didn't just dream it up. You didn't just think about it. You actually executed yeah. on it. And that comes from detaching from the outcome mm. and being obedient. Mm. That and it's like, understanding that it takes time like you said with duncan it's, it's taken some yeah. time with work it's taken some time there's been areas of maybe you know you're like oh i don't i don't know what to do here i have questions here but you you wait it out and then you know mentioning how girls need to know what they're looking for kind of goes back to what we talked about with your your boundaries yeah. know before you go yeah. knowing before go to work, what your boundaries are, knowing before you get into a relationship, what yeah. your boundaries are. And I just have to reiterate this for women listening that are like, okay, I'm gonna go ask out those people. Yeah, no. It's like, really was a, like in love with his character, mm -hmm. his character, who was the godliest yeah. guy, you know, and that's what I think is so it's not like, let's go ask out the hottest no, guy. Yeah, we know. Let's yeah, go ask yeah. out the most successful guy we know. It's no, who is the godliest person I know? Okay, God. And if there's, you know, previous communication, yes. also be a little weird, yeah. but like, okay, God, like, give me the strength to make it known I'm interested. Yeah. Give me the strength yeah. to make a move. But first, it's like identifying the character you want. And I yeah. think that's just so on. Well, and I also, I also it. prayed for a month. They said that like, he was leaving. We both left for a month. And I said, okay, God, like, I'm going to, I'm going to take the month. We're not going to talk, nothing. And I, if I still feel this way, this was like over a year ago like in May. I said, if I still feel this way, I'm going to start praying about it. And maybe I'll say something. But the other thing is it's like, don't just, I, I don't rush into these things. I knew him for like six months before I said anything. And at the back end of it, after I said something one time, I told myself, I am not making any more moves. That, that was my card. I said, I have done everything I need to do. It is in the Lord's hands and in his hands. And I remember there was a moment I was about to move on. I was about to say, God, I just think it's time. I just think, you know, I was not going to stay hung on for too long. And I prayed and I said, this, you can't make this up. You can read my journal. I said, God, if you, if you want, if Duncan is supposed to be in my life, I mean, he needs to ask me out this week, like 5 p.m. on Friday. I'm out. I'm out. I, I'm moving on. You want to know what happened? He asked me out. At 6 p.m. on Friday, or 5 p.m. on, like, literally that evening, we Ooh, spent the whole day, awesome. and yeah, we went to see a movie, and he asked me out. Oh. I um I love how people I think people don't think they can ask God this kind of prayers yeah. like God I need you to respond by and even David like in the Psalms he talked about God respond to me quickly I need an answer yeah. quickly you can you can ask that I mean and I love how you said that because it it reminds me of when you mentioned how you ask God like I'm giving you six months I think it was when you were in LA yeah, yeah, yeah. and not sure and you're like maybe you said yeah get make it clear yeah. Expect God to answer. Yeah. Expect That's him good, to. Yeah. And I just, I love that. And I know we're coming yeah. up on time here. I'm going to wrap this Perfect. up with the two questions that wrap up every single podcast episode, which is one, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self? And two, what advice would 10-year-old Carly give 21-year-old Carly? Um, I would give my 10-year-old self the advice to, um, one, follow Jesus, because I did not know Jesus when I was 10, uh, but to also uh, to never be afraid to take a chance and that the craziest things in life um, often are 
the ones that don't make sense to anybody else. So don't be alarmed if it doesn't make sense to anybody but you. And then uh, I think 10-year-old Carly would probably encourage me to, I was just a rambunctious kid. I bet I would tell myself to not take life too seriously. And I feel like I'm fun and exciting, but I'm also so logistical and so, you know, driven with goals and things like very like analytical, like, oh, this many clients and this many things. It's like, no, like, don't take life too seriously, you know, stay in the now. And uh, I feel like I'm stepping into that this season. So I'm really excited. I love that. It's it's funny because that's something that's been an intention of mine yeah. is keeping life fun. Yeah. I also, I have a big like grinder side of me. I love to get yes. work done. I love to achieve, but I felt recently God just saying, where's the fun? Yeah. Like, what, is this fun? Yeah. Are you enjoying it? And, and it's just bringing, it's like co- having conversations like mm. this. It's fun. Mm. And it brings the joy. Joy and work don't have to be opposite. Yeah. They don't have to be, you know, totally contradictory. Totally. It can be all embedded. And so, uh, Carly, thank you so much for your time, for just bringing light like you do to this audience and just bringing your message, your value, your spirit. Mm. And um, I just really appreciate you. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. You're the best. Thank you for having me. Hey friend, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me, hang out with my guests and listen all the way through. Hey, listen, before you log off, I have an ask for you. I'm not very good at asking people for things. So really putting my foot forward here and asking that if this podcast has in any way, shape or form helped you, helped your friends, helped your family, helped your spirit, helped your soul, helped your mind, helped your body, helped your heart. Would you please, for your friend Annie, leave a review, leave a comment, put some stars out there, be honest, of course, but it would really help me out if you would like and review this podcast, especially if it's made any sort of impact in your life so that it can then go forth and help whoever else God needs to hear this message. I'm sending you love. I'm cheering for you, rooting for you. Let's go have an awesome day.